When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Score North Winter Online Auction. It's your chance to save up to 70% off on items. Like a gas furnace or water heater from Air Mechanical. Stealth trailer from Pleasureland RV. A five-night all-inclusive golf vacation to the Dominican Republic from Escape With Us Vacations. Or an ultimate yard maintenance package from Tri-State Bobcat. Bidding begins December 9th through the 15th. Go to scorenorth.com keyword auction to bid, win, and save. That's scorenorth.com keyword auction. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Dude, the Rhino might be back, bro. Football. This guy doesn't just like football. He f- loves football. And the fans are doing the wave. Um, around the stadium, and so I'm just watching, and I hear Ben Johnson's like, "Hey, coach, you want him?" And I, and I'm just, I'm so focused on the wave, and I said, "Yeah, that's fine." And I look up, and we're throwing it to Panay, and I'm like, "What the f- are we doing?" <laughs> said it was fine, so, but it worked out great. Uh, Dude, who starts a show like that? I mean, just talk about just eating it all day. I, I saw that and I was like, what a dick. Like, I was focused on the wave. You're a real dick, dude. How about that admission? Dan Campbell. He's like, you know, the, you know that, that big play that, you know, uh, clinched the game, that trick play pass to uh, Panay Sewell, an offensive tackle. I was fixated on the crowd doing the wave. Also, why is the crowd doing the wave? With the game on the line, so it's like a third down. What's going on? If you don't trying? get it, the Vikings get the ball back, and the the fans are doing the way. I, I guess Lions fans have been so far removed from relevant football that they don't even know how to act in the middle of a huge like playoff ramifications game. Sounds sounds fair, yeah. Sounds like a real thing. <laughs> like, what do we do? Um, the wave, I guess. Let's just do the wave. Um, they were winning. This is trenches with Boone here on Purple Daily. Football. Just a straight injection of football. He's Real Alex Boone, 10-plus year NFL veteran. He started in a Super Bowl for the San Francisco 49ers. He uh, played a year with the Vikings and then loved it so much, he decided to plant roots in the state of Minnesota. So for all of those of you who are uh, clowning him in grocery stores and offering yeah. him your pies at grocery stores, he appreciates it. Kowalski's the best, I'm telling you. They don't pay me to say that either. They don't. Maybe maybe at some point we can make that happen, actually. They don't. Kowalski's to uh, 
to jump in. Before we get into everything about uh, the state of the Vikings right now, and we're going to do a very, you sent me like eight clips to review in our film review Dude, there here. there was so much how to pick out of all of this garbage and amazingness at the same time. I'm not sure what we're going to pull. I did. I really didn't want to watch Cameron Dancer get beat on a go route that looked like <laughs> my effort that my four-year-old son could have put out there. Like, oh, there he goes. Shit. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to hear you just tear this team up. Dude, uh, I told you, man, there's a point, and you cross that line, and once you do, it's like light it on fire and throw gas on it. Watch and see what happens. What was – okay, I was going to – let's just get into this right now. Get into it. What was – so they're still 10-3. and three. They still just need one win to clinch the division. There's still a game up for the two seed. Like, ultimately, it didn't – the loss didn't, like, derail no, their season or anything. Um, but, you know, they got – they pretty much got smoked by the Lions. What were, like – Two or three of the things that stood out that that had if 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 you're in that locker room that you're just you're pissed about if you're a Vikings player or coach. Number one, we didn't run the ball. We did not run the ball well, and that was one of the things that you and I talked about last week. And I think everybody thought I was kidding when I was like, "Yo, you're really going to need CJ Ham a lot of this game because you're going to want to set the tempo with these guys, right?" It's like this team good, and they got this Dan Campbell coach who is a psycho. Who, if you can get to rally around. You'll just believe whatever he's telling you. So you need to go out against a team like that, and you need to dominate the line of scrimmage. And you didn't. That was the number one thing. Like, as an offensive lineman, I wouldn't be pissed. I'd be pissed at myself because we we really screwed that game up pretty good. Number one, the quarterback took way too many hits. Kirk Cousins, once again, stood in there like a boss. And I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this. And just rifled that ball downfield like just – Justin, make me right, dude. Make I'm eating this for you. You catch this one for me. We're all even, right? Yeah. So that was the second thing. Like you're letting your quarterback continuously get hit. And I don't, and I've said this before, dude. I go deeper than what the fans allow to say. Do your job. Stop getting thrown around. Stop letting these silly twists happen. Stop letting all this stupid stuff happen. And the last thing I'd be pissed about is the secondary. Just the the effort at times, you're like, dude, listen, these dog fights happen. And sometimes the other team is just so riled up that you have to meet them at their level. That, the fake punt. Like, I just think about all these times they were overpowered. And you're looking at it like, man, this... I, I get the Dallas game. Like, you just kind of fell into it. You saw it. But even this game, you just knew the Lions were going to bring it. And they were just chomping to come down on the Vikings. And we're going to hammer home. And, dude... TJ Hawkinson, you're playing your boy again. All of a sudden, you know that team was going to be super hyped out there. And they were. And they they showed it. They won the line of scrimmage, and that's the number one fault. I'm trying to I, – I know that, I know what you're going to say here. Like, on one hand, I want to give them a little bit of a reprieve because they were missing two of their starting offensive linemen, including the maybe best. one of the three yeah. best left tackles in the NFL. And Bradbury's been so much better this year, too. Huge upgrade. Huge and, upgrade. And to just throw a, a backup left tackle and a backup center – um, it makes it harder. I know you'll come back and say, who cares? It's it's the NFL. Everyone's a professional. Like, figure right. it out. So how do, do you sort job. of parse apart the things that are going to be fixed when you just get your starting offensive lineman back versus – because, I mean, you mentioned the run game. So they ran the ball 17 times. You know what their long run was? Three hours of football. Their long run was five yards in that game. Yeah. Uh, dude, I credit the Lions, though. They basically were like, we're going to load this box. We're going to send Mike Hughes as much as we can. We're going to, anytime we think you're giving it to Dalvin, we're all coming downhill. Nine-man boxes. But once again, 
like it's easy for somebody who hasn't played to be like, oh, that's really tough. But that's what the league is. What do you expect when you're one of the best? They're going to throw everything at you and be like, now beat us. If you beat us when we put nine guys in this box, ten guys at times, dude, we weren't meant to win the game. But if we come out here and punch you in the face and you don't have a response, then you show us that you're not ready for this. And it's that to me is the ultimate sin, is not coming out prepared. We've been playing so-so all year. Our offense has carried us so far. We at some point either need to stop the bleeding or this offense needs to just ramp it up even more. And neither of those things happen. Like It's like the whole year has been a lot of luck and Harrison Smith making big plays at big times. He wasn't out there. Darasaw's not out there. Bradbury's not out there. But this is where, like, when the season goes on, people forget this is how your team needs to be made super tight all around. You need to have super key positions that are backed up by even better players at better times. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know this is going to happen. That's what your GM is preparing everything for. Hey, we're probably not going to have this guy for two, three games. Let's assume something silly happens. He's not there. Who's going in? We're good with that. Okay, good. Next guy. Like, this is why they prepare all offseason, like, who's going to be the backup. And that's why camp is so big about, like, it's not so much the starters, because a lot of those guys are solidified. It's who's going to be behind these guys. Who can we trust if this guy goes down to step in? And if there's nobody there, then you're screwed. But my biggest thing is, whether there's a guy there or not, the effort level and the fact that you go out into a game against the Detroit Lions, who have won five of the last six, and you're like, hey... I think I'll throw out a piss poor effort. Like that's what gets me the most. You know what I'm saying? You know who who didn't put out a piss poor effort though, and and I wouldn't like I I would trust your judgment on effort in the NFL like a hundred times more than I would trust my own. But I'll tell you what, Kirk Cousins, Dude. that guy played. He's this is his fifth year as a Viking. How many yards did he, he have? Four hundred twenty-five yards. <sighs> tie, ties the most of his Vikings career. Uh, I, I I don't love that the offense, sometimes the offense just disappears for like, you know, two quarters. I don't love that the offense had seven points at like the two minute mark of the third quarter, but they just kept, they were just zombies. Like Kirk just kept taking hits, chunking the ball down the field. We'll look at some of these in our film review. That's the thing that I keep coming back to. He has not been perfect this season and he has definitely disappeared for stretches. And he's not, to me, a top, top echelon quarterback. But the one thing he's doing this year, and he did it more than ever on Sunday, he just stands in there and hunts down the field. And they keep, like, they had a chance kind of toward the end because he doesn't tap out. And it's just, it's for all these people that, oh, Mackie, you're changing your tune on Kirk now. It's like, no, Kirk is doing things and he is reaching a level of, I think, competitiveness or fight that I don't know that I've seen in his career, at least with the Vikings in the first, for sure, the first three years, he showed some of it last year. But I will say again, as the number one Kirk hater around here, full credit for what he did on Sunday, Booney. 100%. 425 yards. Like I didn't even need to know how many it was. I was like, it was a lot. And, and it he, wasn't garbage time. Like It, it was, was mostly not. just... And a lot of it was when he was probably getting murdered by somebody. Like, how many hits did he take? The one to Justin Jefferson, He there was one, maybe it was to Thielen on the touchdown, where he just got, he saw it coming, and he was like, I'm going to eat this. Somebody better catch this. You just, and, and I'm telling you, that's why I don't think is as much like we're changing our tune, like you said, as it is like this is finally what we've wanted for years. And even as an old lineman, listen, man, it's not going to be perfect. 
make us look good, okay? You're making a ton of money. You can spend some of that silly money on some therapy when you're done, whatever you want, but you're gonna get peppered. These kids are somewhat good, right? Like they out scheme us at times. We fall asleep, things happen. If you can stand in the pocket and make those throws, I think that's the biggest thing why I won't give up on this team is because Kirk has changed. And now I'm like, listen, if you can have a quarterback that can take these hits and still deliver the throws to Justin Jefferson, who at one time, and I don't know if I sent you this clip, was like triple covered again yeah triple covered like dude you can try as many ways as you want to try and stop this kid he's incredible right and that's kind of why i'm like dude until there's a team that can people are gonna be like there's been a few games dude just put up 200 some yards i don't care what you say at some point somebody was like i don't care if you have to put six guys on him he just can't catch any more balls just that one guy and he still did so he should have had, he like, should have had more because he right? should have had 30 and more before, on, the, on the blown call. Before, I'd be like, well, Kirk's a pussy, so he's going to take a hit and he's going to turn into scattered Kirk or the ball's going to go willy-nilly. Now he's just standing there <laughs> bracing like, you think you're going to take me down? I'm going to throw this thing. Just skyrockets the ball as he takes this gorgeous blow to the face and you're like, dude. This team actually kind of has a chance now. The quarterback's not afraid so much to get hit. He's not afraid to actually throw a ball that maybe has 10% chance to get caught, and it does like every other time. Like It's incredible to watch this, and that's why as much as the defense sucks right now, and I said it, they do, the offense still gives me hope that they're like, man, they could rally around Kirk and Justin Jefferson enough to just – start figuring out other things. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, maybe we start changing up our protections. Maybe we get these guys back healthy. We can go back and be who we were before because a lot of guys aren't looking the same up front. Well, you brought it up. I think it's time here. Uh, It's going to be an early appearance for the whose ass is getting fired segment here. I still can't fire Donatel, dude. That's going to have to be you. He's such a nice guy. I'm I'm going to. No. So, I'm going to, man. I'm sorry. I know you love him. I know that you've had like backyard barbecues. He's your you're guy. You're going to cause He's like a, a disruption. Guy. You're the reason this team's going to fold in the playoffs. You can. Get that's okay. You, know, you're, you don't have the guts to do it. That's okay. You know, some, someone has to Someone has to be the steely countenance on this show. It's going to be me. So the Vikings defense has given up over 400 yards in the last five games. Never in the 60-year franchise history has that happened before. They are now the worst team in the NFL defensively in terms of yards given up. Uh, so the bend but don't break, broke. it's breaking. <laughs> definitely, it definitely broke. And uh, and Kevin O'Connell was asked about it this week as people, you know, the media and fans, are like, okay, is he gonna get, is he gonna get fired? What's yeah. happening? Or, or are you gonna? You got you got Mike Pettin, who's a de- former defensive coordinator on your coaching staff too. Are you gonna switch the play calling? And Kevin O'Connell said, we're not thinking of anything like that at this point. I believe is what he said. The the at this point is always kind of a precursor kiss of death. Right. So what, I'm just going to jump day, out in front. We fired man. Ed Donatel. What happened? 24 hours changed our minds. <laughs> terrible. I don't know, terrible. man. So no, there's another, and I don't know, smarter people than me have pointed out that he his scheme is uh, very reliant on playing soft coverage and yeah. just letting things stay, you know, keep things in front of you. But it's not working. I think what I would say is, and you tell me from an offensive lineman perspective, the Vikings have one of the lowest blitz rates in the NFL. So they, they play soft coverage and they're not getting a ton of pressure, nor are they blitzing a lot. And I think the argument is, well, you know, we don't want to like get burned over the top, which I would say, dude, like you're already the worst yardage defense right. in the league. 
So how do you, I don't know if you're gonna if you're gonna keep your guy on the staff? How would you help him fix this thing for the last month? Oh, exactly what you said. I'd say, listen, dude, you got to be more risky out there. I mean, there were times. Was it last year or two years ago that the Chiefs were like the worst defense in the NFL? It was two years ago, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. And everybody was like, what are they going to do? He just started getting way more exotic, right? And then he started going to man coverage, and people were like, man, what is this guy doing? Right? But he just starts throwing a bunch of stuff at offenses, and they're like, man, I don't know what's going on. All-out blitzes. Like, at times, you just have to be risky. And sometimes when you do play too soft, and before, don't get me wrong, I wasn't like, my gosh, you know, it's not a big deal. But now, all of a sudden, it seems like it's becoming more of a big deal because when you let two guys run right past your safety and right past your corner – like people are looking around like, dude, you're looking really vulnerable right now. You're looking. It was a simple over route, and your safety didn't even see him. That's You have officially opened Pandora's box. Everybody now is like, well, shit, they're not going to come for our sack, so let's just block them up there, and we'll just throw it deep. And somebody will get out. I mean, you, you lost on a go route, a simple go route. Cameron Dancer clearly just let him run right by him and was like, I thought I was going to be there, but you're not. And now all of a sudden you're opening Pandora's box and people are going to be like, hey, think we could just try that? Like, that's going to be problems. So how do you, what do you do to change that up? You throw pressure at them. Or you just throw all out blitzes out of nowhere and you force the decisions to happen quicker, right? Like, when you do an all out blitz and a lot of people are like, it is really risky. It is really risky, but remember, that quarterback has two seconds to get rid of that ball. So... In his mind, he's already barreling down on the pressure thought. Like, he's already thinking, I'm hot this way. I could possibly be hot over here. I hope he knows my hot. I hope he knows my hot. I hope the old line knows what they're doing. Like, there's a lot going on. So as much as people are like, dude, it's really risky. I thought it was always more risky for us because it's like, man, if we guess wrong or if they all drop out of here and this guy runs free. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you start to playing devil's advocate out there where you're like, are we sure? We're, gonna, we're all just going to go R. I'm not going to lie to you. There was a couple of game plans where it was like, listen. They like to bring these three guys in the middle. And if they do, you three have to take two. I was like, that's physically not possible. And they were like, no, it is. And I'm going to show you how you do it. And we walked outside, and they showed us how one guy, oh, it was hilarious, right? They're like, okay, so I want you, because you'd have to set, it'd be an L push for me at right guard, right? So you'd have a linebacker here in the A gap, and then you'd have another linebacker in the other A gap, right? We used to call this double barrel. At times, they called this a Cali look. Right? Don't ask me why. Nobody ever knew why they called it. I would call it the fetal position. Just just total, right? So they were like, if this gets called, we're gonna go L. I was like, that's simple. I just take this guy. Push. And I was like, explain. And they were like, Oh yeah, you just you sit down and you kinda like Mr. Miyagi your way through the guy, right? But then you gotta keep going to the next guy. But look. You keep your hand on the first guy, and then you put your hand on the second guy. And Johnny's <laughs> going to do the same thing, and Mike will do the same. I was like, you realize what you're asking me to do? You're asking me to block through a player and block the next guy? And they were like, well, technically, if we all do it together, it should be pretty easy. I don't know bullshit. It worked. <laughs> I swear to God. I don't know how it worked. I think Mike just leveled everybody on the way across. But it like some of the things they ask you to do, but you do it. And you're like, dude, this is great. It's incredible, right? Like. But that's why when you get up there and you see seven guys on the line, everybody starts looking around real quick like, wait a minute, you lucky? Okay, so this is the running backs. This is my guy. That's wait. Recount this. There's a lot of thinking. And if you're not thinking, then you're an idiot because you should be thinking they're playing more chess than you are. You know, another thing, too, and by the way, I love the uh, that you're just, like, doing Mr. Miyagi's. Like, you're, like, wax on, wax off on this guy, and we're going we're gonna to paint the fence over here. I swear to God it was the Saints, because I remember they were, like, it's their famous <laughs> fence look, and I was, like, 
All right, and then we saw it in the game, and everybody was like, is this the push? L push. I was like, this up. Dude, you get crazy big. And then sometimes it just happens naturally, and I saw it happen a couple times naturally, and our coaches always highlight it, like, look at this guy, look at this guy, superstar. It was never me. It was always Mike or Goody, somebody. An- another thing that kind of bugs me is if, and I get that some of the guys I'm about to name might not be as good or as fast or – Maybe they're more banged up than they were like three or five years ago. If you tell me, all right, so going into the season, you're going to have Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson, Eric Kendricks, uh, Jordan Hicks led the league in tackling a couple years ago, healthy for the most part, Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith, and then Dalvin Tomlinson, mm-hmm. Cam Dantzler can play a little bit. You know, you're you're going to have some guys, some chess pieces, and some veterans that have been around for like eight or ten years that know what they're doing, and guys who've been in Pro Bowls, guys who might be in the Hall of Fame. Yep. All right? Before we even talk about scheme. And then I'm going to tell you, that collection is mostly going to be healthy all year and be the worst defense in the NFL. I would say that feels like a scheme and a coaching issue. More, more than a player issue to Clearly. me, to my, yeah. to my dumb, you know, simple-minded brain. I agree, 100%. And so he's I, your, I mean, that, he's your guy, man. He's your guy. <laughs> I just, you know, I feel about, you know, it's hard to fire your friends. <laughs> he is a good guy. You can say he's a good guy. and He's, he's maybe, a good guy, but yeah, I agree. To, you know, he's totally you know. struggling right now. And at, at some point, you have to be like, listen, and I, I, the coach's name escapes me. I'm picturing the guy. We have, like, the same haircut right now. What is his? Which guy? Spagnola. Spagnola. Oh, Steve Steve Spagnola? Yes, Spagnola. And Do you guys I have always, the same haircut? Yeah, he's got like that flipped up in the front right now. He's trying to be all cool and he's always got that little card sheet in front of him. He's always you know, yeah, you guys always do resemble each other. Yeah. But dude, like and out of nowhere, he would just throw two random safeties right through the A gap. And what does it do? It causes mass confusion. It causes yeah. number one mass confusion between us. Like, is this guy a linebacker or who is, whose problem does he become? And yeah. number two, it causes confusion on the running backs, which those guys have a lot of problems in the backfield as it is. Like it's a, you put a lot of stress on people, and I think sometimes, you know, and I'm just saying like a simple fix. Yeah, just go crazy, dude. You change it up, mix it up, because what you're doing is clearly not working. Especially no. because, like you said, if you said that if you told me that we had most of those guys healthy all year, I'd be like, what's the problem? <laughs> what is the problem here? And but two. You have to remember these OCs are super smart. Like, there's a couple of times this year that I saw Stefan Diggs being covered by Eric Kendricks, and you know how much I love Kendricks. My favorite guy in the world, right? Like, I love my dude. Yeah, I can't. Help. I'm sorry, dude. You're not covering that guy, and that falls on being out schemed. How do we get our mismatch out here, right? And there has been a couple of times, and I think it's even we watched a play last week where the Vikings were against bunch and they went man coverage. And it ended up being a bad idea. And it's like, you don't play man to bunch because that's what they want you to do because this guy's going all the way across and he knows that this guy's going to go through all this traffic. You just don't do these things. And it's it's just, at some point, you have to change it up because you're right. Eventually, the offense is going to look over at you like, guys, we just threw 425 yards and we lost by more than one touchdown. What the hell did we just do wrong? <laughs> yeah, You guys clearly did something wrong. Now, yeah, we agree. That fumble, fake pass. Run, that'll never happen again. That was stupid. That was <laughs> clearly on us, right? Like oh. the microphone into your ear again. I swear I forced that out there. And it, maybe it was going to be sweet, but when the two guys up front don't block anybody, all of a sudden Dalvin Cook is like, maybe I don't want to throw this ball, right? Yeah. Roll let's uh, let's actually let's get into some of the film here in a minute. You're not Billy. ready for the film, dude. Are you? Are, are you, so, you tell me where you want to start here in a second. Do you want to start with good or bad? 
dude, you should throw me around. Let's do this. Let's like start, a let's start Tarantino with the, let's start with a jump pass. Let's the jump, go we'll back start with a jump pass. Forward. Come back around. What's your favorite middle? Tarantino movie? Dude. Oh man, all of them. You kidding me? Huge Quentin Tarantino fan. Give me a Inglorious Bastards, the dude, uh the World War II theme movie. Brad Pitt. Sound good. You kidding me, dude? I love so that the, the 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 Hugo opening Stiglitz. Oh, the opening Hugo. scene oh. where they're you know he's the family's milk. in the basement and he's yes. drinking milk and it's like a twenty minute they're just sitting across the table from each other. What's going on with this? And all of a sudden oh he's like, "They're here, aren't they?" And he's like, "Yes." I was like, "No, he did not." Oh, dude, I'm telling you, I was a war history major and all that stuff. Really, I find, I find it extremely fascinating. I had a class one time with a Vietnam uh, helicopter pilot, and he would tell me stories after class about like the real stuff because my brother at the time was in the Marines. And so he was like, he would tell me stuff. And he, I'm telling you, dude, incredible, incredible history stuff. We, uh, well, so I don't know if you and I have talked about this. Uh, every day I, I, my, I, I never met him because he died in the 60s, but my grandpa fought in World War II. Dude, that's and so this is his this is his World War II. His name was also Phil Mackey. Was so, it really? Yeah. So technically, dude. I guess I'm Phil Mackey the second. Dude, those are um, your dog tags, dude. Those, that's awesome. So, I, and I don't like pretend that they are mine. I have oh, never no. fought in a war. But that but, has your name on them. That's what's so cool about it. So, he fought in World War II. He was like 34 years old because he was born in 1908. So, he was, I think he went in, maybe 35, he went in in 1943, fought in, uh, in Europe. And uh, so, my family on that side has always, my dad, who you know died a couple months ago, always taken an interest in especially World War II history. Did you ever do yeah. World War II history classes? Yes, dude. Yes. It was. Have you ever seen the movie Fury? No. Cue it up. Sure? Right Bro. Down. Oh my God. It's a movie about the not, about a battalion that had to hold a, uh, a, they were going to, they were a tank company and they had to go to this spot to do something. And on the way, their tank breaks down. And I, I can't remember if it's a true story or not, but they're like, Hey, go do watch while our, we fix the tank. And this young kid who had just joined them and dude, this movie is so intense. I'm telling you, you need to watch it. He goes out, he's ended up sitting there for a little bit, and all of a sudden, a huge SS battalion's coming up, like 200 guys. So he runs back and he's like, "Dude, what, we got? What are we doing?" And they're all like, "Yo, let's book it." And the guy who's leading them is like, "No, we're not. I'm staying." He's like, "There's too many people behind us that are relying on us to be here, so we're gonna stay." So all of a sudden, they're all like, "Then we're all staying." And dude, this I'm telling you right now. The last time I cried was when my grandpa died. I almost cried in this movie. I actually got this tattoo, send me, because in the movie, he talks about his favorite quote. It's Isaiah 6, 8. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. And like he said, like in the movie, dude, I get chills. It's incredible what happens I'm, to these guys. It's, it's on my list for the next few weeks. It 100%, is. 100%, man. Like when you're talking about guys that gave it up, and then you think about what those guys did in World War II, insane. You think, I'm telling you, like I've talked to guys that played football in the '60s. It's like you guys just don't understand what it was like to live back then. And I'm like, that's the '60s. I can't even imagine what it was like in the '40s and the '30s and the '20s, where it was like you wake your ass up, you go to work, you shut your mouth, you don't say a word. Like you hear stories about coaches that were like, "Water? What do you need water for?" I'm like, I couldn't imagine not drinking water. And they were like, "Dude." This was every day. Look at the junction, boys. Like, things were different. And that's why I say, and this is my firm belief, that football is turning into a girly sport. Because those guys were like, bro, we did shit. 
We came to practice. We practiced. We didn't complain. We did what the coaches told us. And then we went out there and we kicked ass. And we were the toughest dudes in the world. Like, they were allowed to face mask each other out of bounds and then start fights. You got to be like, dude, tell me more. And they're like, yeah, nobody stopped anything. It was just a big melee all day. And I was like, this can't be right. And then they pull up film. And you're like, oh, my God. It's like they never showed us this film on purpose. Like, they didn't tell us it was insanely crazy way before TV became popular with it. And, like, Al Davis stole the Raiders from everybody. Yeah. There's some great, there's actually some great social media accounts. I, I wish I had, I follow like five or six accounts that show it's like pro football films or there's all these like random ones. And I saw one the other day from, it was black and white. So I think it was from like the fifties because the, the goalposts were on the goal line. So it was, it was way back. It was like before the Super Bowl oh, existed. Way back. And uh, so the, the offense is inside. They're like deep red, right? They're inside the five and the quarterback takes the snap. Fakes a run, throws a little jump pass, which is a good segue into what we're gonna do here. That, uh, and it's yeah. but so he throws a little jump pass and then kind of and then kind of backs up and watches the play. So the so he throws it, backs up and watches the play. This is like two or three seconds after the ball's gone, and some defender <laughs> just comes up and just blindsides him. him. And and the referees just kind of walk over and check to see if he's still breathing and like you know no penalty. Dude, they were drinking beers and smoking cigarettes <laughs> in the locker room at the first <laughs> Super Bowl. You can't tell me these guys didn't have a good time. I'm not kidding. I wish so many times that I could have played on Andy DeBartolo's teams. I was like, how much fun did you guys have? Tell me everything. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Um, All right. Before we get into the film review, so a couple things. Number one, if you are looking to stock your your shelves for the holiday season, our friends at Lake Ridge Liquors are here to help you with your holiday parties, whatever it is. In fact, I'm sipping on a little uh, little red wine here tonight, my friend. Mm. Just a sip and a little Pinot Noir, ready to watch my friend Alex Boone do his thing and show us uh, the key plays from Sunday. There's over a thousand wines in stock at Lake Ridge Liquors, a 40 foot long wall of whiskey, and all kinds of great prices, great service. Check them out 30 seconds off 694 and Rice Street. It is Lake Ridge Liquors in Vadness Heights. Mention Scornor sent you. You can help us by spreading the word about, hey, you know, we sent you in, uh, and they can also uh, get you $5 off. Your next visit, Lake Ridge Liquors in Vadness Heights. Also, you'll appreciate this, Booney. Yeah. So we had a group reach out to us. So, you know, on our show, uh, we've kind of created like the Hatfields and the McCoys, the, uh, the the Cousins Crusaders and the Cousins Haters, the Jets oh. and the Sharks. Oh, God. And so we had a group, and uh, it's 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 my my new friend Ray from Canada and, uh, and his group Ooh. that they're calling the Crazy Canadian Cousins Crusaders of Purple Daily, representing the Winnipeg area of Cousins Crusaders. And he said, listen, let's come together here. Kirk is having a pretty awesome season. He's got a bunch of fourth-quarter comebacks. He's lighting it up 400 yards the other day. What if we brought everyone together to raise money for his charity? So that's what we're asking the audience to do. Go to KirkCousins.org. This is not a joke. This is the biggest Kirk hater in all of the land telling you, let's all come together. KirkCousins.org. If you got $5, you got $50. One of the biggest uh, charities that his charity funnels money into is uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters. So, or I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Boys and Girls Club of, of America, I should say. So all sorts of is, good places. Are... Is he going to match the donation? Uh, I don't, I mean, I don't know that this has gotten to Kirk yet, but. We need to get it to him. We need to get him to match it. Might be kind of cool if it did. I mean. 
It makes so, it all so the way he, there and he matches it. So here's what you can do. You can when you when you leave a donation on KirkCousins.org, there's a little like a note section. Just say, hey, this is from the Cousins Crusaders of Purple Daily. Whether it's five dollars, fifty bucks, five hundred bucks, we're all coming together and it's a ten and three season. Kirk's having a big year. We can all come together for one cause, feeding Kirk's charity. Okay. How much are you how much are you gonna put in there? Huh? A couple bucks, two bucks? Three bucks? I'll throw some money in. I'll tell Ten you bucks? what. Okay. He, he's having a hell of a year. I'll throw some money in there for him. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, all right. Let's break down the film. Let's do this. Let me bring this up full screen. Let's get to the uh, fun We're stuff. 30 minutes in here for the uh, the audio-only audience. If you'd like to transition to the YouTube channel, this would be a good time. And we're going to start with, let me pull this Which out one? here. Let's do the jump pass first. Go right? full screen. Yeah. Oh, so I love goal line plays. Number one, you t- <laughs> tell me what you see. This is a whole new world, guys. We have never gone into a goal line world, and I'm just going to warn you: it is scary, right? Everything happens super fast. You never want to be exotic down by the goal line. Number one rule that every coach ever said that I ever met in my life that gave me an offensive presentation said: we are not going to be exotic down here. Why? Because we're down on the goal line. Why would we screw this up? Let's not be stupid, right? Here we go. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna add go. one more. Enter one more Vikings. Up. Here we go. Right. So like, this well, is this is from my own like uh, just sort of. I'm more on. the analytical game theory guy who never played the game, but I can tell you, one of the things they were trying to accomplish. So they got the ball with like six or six and a half minutes left, and they're trying to win the middle eight here, right? They're trying to ideally you would score with as little time left as possible. I also think you should just take a touchdown. Just, you know, if you can score a touchdown, score a touchdown. But there's like a minute 45 left here. When you do a jump pass, there's basically three outcomes. There's an incomplete pass, which stops the clock, which is bad. Um, there's an interception, interception or something which crazy, bad. which is bad. Well, I guess there's a touchdown, which is good. Well, they say uh, when you throw the or, ball, there's three things that happen. Two are bad, one are good. And, and that's highlighted even more in this situation. So, so I'll roll this. You tell me what you see. This is a so we would call this like a gaps because see how everybody's kind of in the gaps. Oh, dude, look at the at, look at the ass slap here from Kirk right here. Dude, he's he's all about that. You know what he says there? He goes, "I'm under." Boom, boom. Give it to me. Oh yeah, right there. Hit me again. Yep. One more time. Okay. There we go. Austin Schlotman is a great offensive line name. All right. So, on this play, is that Oli Udu making a? Guest appearance. Yes, right, 74 here, so a little, little, little heavy on the right. Then. Heavy Should've on the right. Known. Should have known when I saw that number. All right, yeah, go ahead. You can roll it. I don't think he So what they do here is, number one, I love how my man Mund has got his hand on the tight end. You know, they do that because they can't see the ball. And they, obviously, you're not, you can't hear anything down there, so you go off his movement. So what's great about this is you got Ham going in motion, right, which I always love because it makes people start to think what's going on, what are we doing. See the backers, they they start to boss over a little bit. Like, they're like, all right, we're prepared for this zone coming, which you would have thought. Like, yeah, he completes this pass, dude. We're saying different things. But because he did it, we have to say this, right? But here's what I love. Go ahead, play it through. Everybody starts to get on, right? And this is a tough block in the goal line because you have to fire off the ball. Go back a little bit. You have to fire off the ball. But at the same time, when you're doing something like this, you don't want to oversell it. Because you know it is a pass, right? You want to sell run, get your feet underneath you, get to playing ball. But what happens is Ingram gets way too into him, and this defensive lineman's like, my dude, this shit ain't happening today. Get off me, right? Yes. 
this is our problem number one because this guy shows up kind of first. And then wow, look at that. when you look over here too, see how Munt is doing a great job. Like he's kind of selling this block. Yep. He's selling it really well. Like, oh, I'm coming in here for a nice little tray. I'm coming down. All of a sudden, I'm going to disappear. Right there, right there. But he needs time, But right? the problem is, you see how Ed Ingram's guy's right there on him? Like, dude, this could easily have been a touchdown. But you have Ed Ingram, who is overselling it, and your center oversells it way too much, too. Like, these two guys should have just short-set them. At this point, when you're down in the goal line, yeah, see how his, see how his leg right there is completely straight? Right there? My dude, you are way overextended. Right, and they feel that they're very smart. They're good in like really tight quarters. These D linemen, so they feel you start to become overextended oh, like that, and they just, just throw you. And it, but the problem is, see how both of them get tossed. Like if the center would have gotten beat here, this play maybe happens, right? Because Dalvin could probably get away a little bit more, do something. But when you see two big nose tackles coming after you, you what's running through your mind? I can't imagine. Not only did Schlotman get sent to the ground here, his towel flies up in the air. Kind oh, of yeah. a My dude is to prove a point right here, there. right? Like, look, Munt gets through. The linebackers don't even see him. And this is what I never understand is how the linebackers don't see a guy running between them. Like, see, see the safety here and the linebacker? They're both looking at Dalvin so much. And this is what I said. We've talked about this before about kind of establishing the run. When your running back is kind of have a, has a known track record of being able to run through people, guys lose vision of all this. Do I understand why? No, because we're not allowed to lose vision. But at the yeah. same time, they're probably thinking a lot. Five's thinking he can't get outside, and 40's thinking watch the cutback, right? 44 does a good job, too, of taking on ham. That kid was tough. Hey, His, what happens here? Teaching moment again for, for Ed Ingram's been pretty good the last three games leading up to this game. So yeah. what's the teach? What's the teaching moment? Because you know both both interior guys got thrown to the ground here, but Ed was. I mean, it was like a half you, you, second, and he's just Miyagi down to the ground here. What, you're what's overselling the it way too much. Way you are way too much. Like, see how he's starting to throw you, and you he hasn't really noticed. You are way out of control. So is he just is he just leaning over too much here? Yeah, like if you saw it from the end zone, he'd kind of look like. Uh, see how the center kind of looks like he's just he's way overextended. See how his feet are over there. It's like a forty-five degree over. angle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this D lineman's not stupid. He can tell that you're leaning against him. Why? Because he just feels you leaning on him. Like you just feel dead weight when guys are leaning on you, and you know you can just throw him. The problem is with Ingram, he gets too engaged. He's like running off the ball and this guy's like dude i'm just doing a simple swim like we're kind of we're missing each other we're doing two different things I, i'm i'm reading you and just mm. swimming you and you just continue to be off balance and off course you know it's amazing this is why part of the reason i love doing these segments with you is because there's so much science and art involved in the trenches that you it's wouldn't crazy, think dude. about when you're because when you watch the games as a fan what are you watching? You're watching the ball, the quarterback, the skill position players. You're yeah. like you're watching Dalvin on this play. You're not watching the left guard get too into a defensive tackle, and the defensive tackle feels the weight is disproportionate, and so he th it's like a UFC fight happening, or like a, like a like a wrestling. Yeah, it's like a sumo match. Sumo match. Yes. That's exactly what this becomes, and that's why you become really good at knowing when guys are just leaning on you with dead weight, or if they're driving into you. 
Now, like I said, if Ed doesn't miss this block, maybe this ball gets thrown. I don't know. But all I know is that this would probably have to fall on Dalvin. Like, dude, you know you're about to get tackled. Just keep the ball. You can just go to the ground, right? Go to the ground. Because if right. you just lay down, okay, it's this is a first down play. And I feel like that almost has to be, and I'm, I'm, I don't know, you know, again, I'm not blaming Kirk here, but like, don't, doesn't it have to be said here, guys? It's first down, but you don't want to plant that seed either, right? You don't want to say, okay, guys, we're going to call this play. And by the way, if it train wrecks, you don't want to plant the train Never. wreck seed. Never tell me something's going to train wreck. So Dalvin just has to know here. Oh God, this is bad. I need to. Well, I yeah, need to like just abort like, mission. Right. Here. Hold on. There. Oh, abort. Yeah. Abort mission. Instantly. Either take it and run and know that you have nobody blocking the linebackers or you just fall down dead. Yeah. But two guys getting beat in the middle like that is very uncommon. That's probably 700 pounds of body coming at me. But then, you know, the thing is, this is where I I love love Kevin O'Connell. I think he's been a home run hire to this point. Oh, for sure. But this just felt like he kind of jumped the shark a little on this play call. I'm not really blaming Kevin. I'm blaming Dalvin. You see 700 pounds of beef coming at you, dude. Either make a move or fall down, right? Yeah. That's why I said if this were to hit, we'd be like, oh, dude, there he is, back at it again. But it didn't, so it falls on the players. All right, let's go to another one here. This is, and you tell me, we got both views here. We got the sideline view and the end zone view here. This is what should have been, if it was correctly called by the official. Oh, is this the touchdown? 71-yard Justin Jefferson touchdown. Turned out to be a 36-yard catch, and he, quote-unquote, stepped out of bounds. Yeah. But this is a really fun play here. So what do you want? Do you want the do you want two by two? The, yeah, we can, the full we thing, roll. or do you want the end zone view? You can roll it real quick, and then we go to the end zone. This is an amazing, and I cannot believe they called him out. And that's another gripe, dude. Let him at least score and then go yes. back and look at it. It's seriously pissing yes. me off. This Okay, this I ranted about this the other day on our show. So... Two things, uh, and I'm a big baseball guy. I always have been, and I don't know how much of a baseball guy you are, but umpires behind home plate will constantly, like if a batter check swings, you always have the option to appeal to the first or third base umpire who has a better angle at whether the bat crossed the the plate, right? And the home plate umpire, it pisses me off when the home plate umpire makes that call on his own without, and like same thing with the NFL. If you're not 100% sure, and dude, you couldn't have been. You couldn't no have been 100% sure because he didn't step out of bounds. There's no way you're 100% sure. Let it. Let the play play out, and then at the end of the play, if a coach wants to challenge, he can challenge. It's not hard. I mean, not even challenge. The NFL could just challenge it. Hey, we're not comfortable with this. We want to look at it real quick. And you don't even have to tell anybody. While he's celebrating, you just go back and look. Hey, did he step out? Oh, he did. Okay, well, listen, tell them that the NFL is reviewing this and we want to double-check it. What's so goddamn hard about that? Dude, this is a phenomenal route. Look at it. Double coverage. Here comes my third player. Makes a phenomenal... And that guy's right there. Dude, I I don't get that. Wow, man. it's amazing. Dude, he was on... Fire by the way, this is such a ridiculous play by Jefferson. Dude, he so, like, right, looks back at the perfect moment. And just back, you can't, little back shoulder throw right here, there. Huh? A little back shoulder throw. It's a maybe throw a little right underthrown, but at the same time, maybe it was kind of nicely placed where 
only he could get it. You see what I'm saying? Like he puts okay. it right between those two defenders. But at the he same time, he catches this with his back to the fifty, and there are three defenders swarming him. There's a guy touching him, a guy five <laughs> yards to the left of him, and there's a guy ten yards in front of him about to save a touchdown. Until he realizes that Justin Jefferson is not a pussy and likes contact, and now all of a sudden we're at the races, <laughs> dude. I'm not kidding. When I saw it, I was like, "What? Well, why? Why is he slowing down?" Okay, he what? thought about it. Actually, no, he didn't think about it because here, so he steps out, quote unquote. There, I guess he right, takes yeah, one, yeah. two steps, and the ref is already putting his arms up. So he was, he was pretty damn sure incorrectly. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like, I hate that it's it's a dead ball. Everybody technically had to stop. All right, here we go. Show me something, Mackie. Talk to me. What do we got on the right? You already know what this is. All right, so we've got. Uh, is this? Hold on a second. Is this five zero? It's five zero. But what's what's the look on the right? Uh, well, you're you're definitely gonna move Schlotman to the right here, right? I don't know it's what you overload. call it. But it's an overload. overload. It's an overload. That's what yeah. I was gonna say. What are they trying? That's to what do I meant this? to say. Yeah, they're clearly. Tr- they're, they're they're trying <laughs> to get 64, and maybe 72 on an island, right? Like because they want obviously the center to go to the right, or maybe they want to mess with the right side too. Because hey, look, we got a new center and this right guy, McTwisterson. Maybe, oh, uh, oh, oh, there it this. is, right oh, there, a little twist. Go back. Go back, number one. I want everyone to notice this, okay? Because, yeah, for a long time I was really pissed at Kirk. But this is the shit that I love about this guy, okay? Because your right guard, my dude, we talked about this, right? Cannot turn when you are pass setting. You are not allowed to turn. If you turn like he's about to and you try to come back, you have to flip your hips wide open. Look at that. See how his hips flip wide open and you touch nobody? If you stay square, that guy runs right into you because you're square, right? And there. when you say stay square, you mean literally stay square to the to the yard line, yes. right? Like like to the line like of a, scrimmage. You keep yep. your shoulders to the line of scrimmage. Phil, he's looking the other direction. Why? Why? Because look, when you go back, when he's first sets, fire a coach, fire a coach I'm, right now. No, I'm not gonna fire Cooper. Like Cooper. <laughs> go back, go back, go back. Sorry. Listen, pass pro. It's three simple things. Stance, get off, and getting to your spot, right? Right here. Number one, you are in a three-point goddamn stance, and your player is outside the tackle. What are you doing? Put your hand up so you can see what's going on. And when you do that, it will allow you to pull yourself an inch off the ball because then all you have to do is lean forward a little more, which will really help you because the more you lean forward and push on that left leg, the more you'll be able to drive out faster. The more weight and force you can create in there, the more of a spring you're going to have to shoot off, right? But what he does is he gets out there and he does a piss poor job of getting depth. And then in order to save himself, he tries to turn and throw his whole body into it. Instead of just setting square, right? Nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. Oh, throw my hands right into Brian O'Neill, right? Brian takes this great. The problem is when Ed has to send this, it takes his whole body to send him across. You can't do that because look how much you've opened. And now your quarterback's taking this unnecessary hit on a simple, simple twist, right? They, They zeroed up the center. We got him. Oh, look, the linebacker dropped. You don't say they wanted to get the left tackle on an island. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even see that coming from 5,000 yards away. Like, But remember, when you're in this game, there's a lot going on. You're trying to process a lot. Sometimes you don't know what the other side of the field looks like. So all you know is you have to keep your side of the area clean. right? I need to get off the ball. 
I need to get back and I need to throw my goddamn hands. I can't do this. Look how close he is to me. You That's know, also okay. a cardinal sin right there because if you let somebody in that close, if they can grab the back of your shoulder pad, you're dead. They're going to grab you, throw you, pull you, no matter how strong you are because they have total control of you from behind. Okay, dumb amateur observation here, right? Yes. So especially when you're dealing with a veteran right tackle like Brian O'Neill that knows what he's doing. Yeah. So when you line up here, it's overload to the right. I'm telling him. It's a twist, dude. Just get vertical, so, and I'm going to send him to you. That's all I'm so telling him. So even without like, even just so so she, you got, Schlotman's got this dude. Mm-hmm. So you know that you know that your your guy is outside Brian O'Neill, and you know that mm-hmm. there's another guy outside Brian. Yeah, outside Again, him. This is just yeah. this is me. I literally quit football in eighth grade. So take this take with a grain of salt. I would think if O'Neill engages with your guy, it means that his guy is going to the inside because no. if his guy was going to the outside. He would not let he, like if his guy was going outside here, he's not engage, he's not going to engage with with your guy, right? Because that would mean a free runner at Kirk. So they do this a lot, yeah. But doesn't does O'Neill engaging with 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 Ingram's guy means it's a twist, right? No, sometimes they do that to mess with you, right? Like like you just said. Remember, you have to roll through millions of reps of this to understand how these guys think. Sometimes they'll rush. And then I think that's Aiden Hutchinson right there, right? They'll yeah. rush him through that gap perfectly so that Brian does have to think it's a twist, right? But then the outside player, who I don't know who that is off the top of my head, he'll rush super wide and just kind of slow it down a little bit. And then all of a sudden he thinks it's a twist, and then he hits the Jets. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing is taken for granted. The only time mm-hmm. I know that this is a twist, go back. If I'm this guard and I'm watching this live, as I'm setting right here, I'm first of all, I'm telling Brian and my center, alert something's up, get off the ball. So as we get back, uh, no twist, not a twist, not a twist. Now it's a twist. Why? Because he's starting to cross over the other player. Like nothing, I can't be certain of anything until I'm 100% sure. Because what happens if I start to leak inside and Brian doesn't see twist and we just let Aiden Hutchinson through? Well, whose guy is Aiden's? He's my guy. So Brian doesn't get in trouble. I do. Hey, dumbass. Why is he running through here? I thought it was a twist coach. Was it? No. So explain yourself. Uh, I don't have an answer. Well, your quarterback's missing three teeth, so you can explain it to him. <laughs> but he My still bad. hit Justin Jefferson on what right? should have been a 71-yard touchdown, which is right? this is play as a huge credit to Kirk, right? Like he just Oh, it's a absolutely. massive credit. That's why I'm donating to his fund. But this is the stuff that, like, <laughs> I love him for because he can handle this stuff now. But of now, towards the end of the season, as an old lineman, it's starting to piss me off. Because it's like, hey, man, how many games do you need to figure it out? You're not allowed to turn, and you need to throw your goddamn hands. Tell me what you don't understand about this. This is the NFL. They told me day one, assume you're going to break every finger and every bone in your hand. Because if you don't, you didn't play this game right. I was like, yeah. got it. Understood. Got to use my hands every day. Now, All right. these they don't do it. This is the play that sets up the other play. This is we have two plays here, all on one string, and both with the the end zone cam. This is a this is a this is late in the game. Lions trying to run out the clock, first down play, and then we skip the second down play to get to the third down Good. pass to Sewell. Good. All right. So this is a play. Here's Sewell the, right here, by the way, on the left side of the screen, fifty eight. So I, you know, I obviously didn't watch the game live. I went back and watched all twenty two and. 
before I saw this, everybody was talking about this catch. And so I'm like, man, I can't wait to see what's going on. Well, as soon as this play comes up, I'm like, does anyone not notice? I, I did not. That the right I did tackle not. He reported eligible up. two plays before. Yeah, to set, to set this right? up for the audience. This is how the, it sets it up. This, this is, is two a play. plays bef- It's two plays before the Sewell catch. This is at 246 in the fourth quarter. And yep. this is a play that Kyle Shanahan designed this year. Mm-hmm. And you know who he used instead of Panay? It was Trent Williams. And he actually used it last year in the playoffs. And that's why when I saw him out there, I was like, man, Kyle Shanahan is spreading quickly. This is fun, fun shit. So Panay's obviously outside, the outside receiver on the right. He's going to go in motion, and the whole job of him is to blow up the entire left side of the offensive line. He's going to go in a fly motion all the way across, and as soon as the ball snaps, he's supposed to come out here, and whatever you see, big dog, you just blow it up, right? <laughs> Trent does. Williams did it, and it was like the most amazing thing. So I, I had high hopes for this. And it's it's just fun to watch a big guy go in motion because you're like, that's a big dude, right? And he's he kind of hunting. There, there wasn't much to hit here, but he was hunting. He kind right? of, <laughs> he kind of gets the scaredy cat award here because he kind of like I don't know, dude. You know, you should have just blown him up, right? But that's why it made sense why nobody thought it weird later for the pass. Like at first, I'm like, how does nobody notice this guy goes in motion and catches a pass? But this is why, right? You see this play. You're like, hey, it's four minute. We call this four minute. When you're just trying to run the clock out, you're going to go heavy into a run package. You can tell because the Vikings are in their base defense, right? You got your 3-4 over there. You barely see a 3-4 anymore with these guys, right? So they come out. They run this. Super smart. You know that they had this tricked up. And that's why you know Dan Campbell was full of shit. Because in order to run that play, they had to run this play. To not make it look weird, right? So then we come back. This might be. The, is this the next one? So this is the next. Uh, yeah, right here. This is the next one. This is. This so is you the, see, he's, now he's on the other side. So see how he's over it's here. The same now? look. It's just flipped. So what are they thinking? Hey, it's just zone to the right, right? Like we just saw this look, but all of a sudden everything's going to change, and that's where when this happens in real time, dude. <laughs> this was brilliant by them. I'm sorry. And by the way, so on on this play, so Kendricks is Kendricks ultimately. I think, anyways, uh, I think he probably recalled what happened two plays earlier and thought, wow. So I thought Kendricks was sort of to blame, quote-unquote, quote here. I'd like for you to tell me what actually happens here. Like, someone no. has to cover him, right? You can't just... Correct. Listen, looking back, hindsight's twenty twenty. In the moment, I would never have thought they would have done this. So nobody covering him? I mean, dude... <laughs> Imagine being in this game. You see him go in motion. Daniil's like, oh, boy, here he comes, right? All of a sudden, we do this little fake. Everybody buys it, even Daniil. Daniil's trying to hit him, and this kid's like, no, dude, I'm gone, right? I'm gone. So who is supposed to cover him here? Is it Peterson? I would would think it would have to be Daniil. Daniil, I guess? Okay. Yeah. Well, he's the outside linebacker. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. You have the flat. See, he whiffs, but then he... And what makes me think it would be Daniil right away is because those outside linebackers, you're either rushing or you're dropping. Like, it's very evident quickly. So if you're not stepping in right away, then you're in charge of the flat. Go back yeah, real yeah, quick, he also, though. He, he also gets down before he goes out of bounds, which is Which is huge, well right? Kind of start to look at a little bit of Bynum, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, how the hell... Did you not see 58 running across? Uh, in no way do I get mad at Daniil or Kendricks here, right? 
You just okay. saw this play two plays ago. What's running through your mind is probably like, holy shit, he's back on the field and he's out there. Is this the same play? You're not thinking, watch out for the pass to the O-lineman in the very most crucial point of the game, guys, right? Like, that doesn't hit you. But if I'm buying him here and I see him go across, I see the yeah, ball. Yeah, because who else does Bynum have here? Running back out of the backfield, I guess? But Kendrick's Well, no, like that'd be Kendrick's. Out. Yeah. So that's why it's kind of like, where's Bynum going? You know what I'm saying? And two, if you really thought this was the play from before Bynum, you should have got outside because you know it's going to be a zone back there. You have Kendricks in good position. You have Hicks in good position. I mean. Where really, is Bynum going here? He's is he, is he got his eye on number four? It looks like Bynum has his eye on this dude right here. Because he dives to the, you know, he dives across. Yeah, he yeah. Is. yeah. That's who he is. Yeah. So Dude, that's how you set. That's how you brilliantly credit to the Lions. You know that story was full of shit. Just for anybody wants to know, they, they planned that earlier. They, they were like, "Dude, if we want to run this play, we have to run this one a couple plays yeah. before." Uh, man, we got it. We let's do it. Let's do a couple more here. Let's do. Let's do a. How about a Vikings defensive play here? All right, oh, the defense has been twist. kind of a disaster, but let's do. Actually, you know what? Let's do a Kirk. Let's do some more Kirk Love. I love Some more it. Kirk love here, okay? So this is uh, you. Too you texted you. me and said this is uh, we're labeling this play. Kirk makes it work, right? Oh, snap this ball from midfield. Kirk makes it work. <laughs> he gets it so <laughs> so hard, I think, on this one, and the ball just gets launched. If I'm if I'm thinking about the right one, and Zaloni steps up. Let's see here. No, this is a different one. This is oh, this one is where he. One. This is the one where he gets hey, through the traffic, which let's, I love. I'm telling you. Let's do this. Here we go. This is this is Kirk climbing the pocket here. All right. Even front. Super even. I mean, dude, we got nobody over the center. 34 is not a threat. Why is 34 not a threat? Because he's not breaking the heels of anybody yet. You have to break the heels of the D lineman to be considered a threat. You're so, okay, so you have to be up Tight. four more feet or two yeah. more yards here. And two, you're in gun, so he should be nobody's problem. If anything, the center's either sliding to him or the running back's coming to get him. The only thing you would be thinking here is if I was a guard, I'd be alert to get picked by somebody. But see how he drops out? He's just messing with you. Yeah, he's leaning at the – he's trying to lean to sort of – okay. Then that's normally an indicator. Like, if you're going to hit it, you're going to be – you kind of tell. But here's my biggest problem. Go back. And this is kind of some of the things that, like, when a good – take that back. When a great player is out, sometimes it can hinder other people too. Like Darius being out? Yeah. This one – these plays have kind of been happening with Darius not out there. And I'm wondering how much of the mojo has been taken from Ezra. You know what I'm saying? Because this is, like, the last, I don't know, two or three games. It's just been a little uncharacteristic of him. But this is one of them. And I forget the dude's name he's going against, but let's call him Try Hard White Guy. Try Hard White Guy right here. Right his little elbow strips. Right? Nice elbow strips. Nerd. <laughs> what I love, number one, is go back. Sorry. See right how here. Ezra in his first initial set, see how he gets off the ball? He, I mean, he's, he's pretty demonstrative about getting off the ball, right? Like, he's back there. What I don't love is how he goes to his heel on his kick foot. See how he goes, not there, but right there. See how his heel's up? That's not good. But he gets great depth. But what he's not doing right here, throwing, 
Because look, this dude has clearly indicated it is a bull rush. Oh, he's from up. He's up. Jump. Yeah. No, 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 no. From jump. Once they turn into you, it's over. You know what it is. You can never let them beat you in your chest. That is one of the most cardinal sin. You have to protect your chest because that's how you control people. It's like a steering wheel. If he gets my chest, it's like you lose all your power angles because while you're trying to engage your core and your back, they're pushing you back. And so you're like, you're resisting two different fights. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to, with your arms, hold him up, but then he's pushing you back. So you're trying to squeeze your core really tight. And you're like, my God, this guy is just destroying me. And it's all because you don't hit him with your hands. But what he does a good job of is trying to recover. See how he drops his feet right there? And I love how he doesn't hop. I hate people that hop. You should never take two feet off the ground in football. That's bad. He gets back more independently with his legs, and he tries to, like, turns it into a muscle match. Like, I'll just wrestle you out of here. And and I give you mad props for that because a lot of guys in that situation would give up because they'd be afraid of a flag. But Ezra's at least like, I'm going to fight through this, which I respect. But what I love even more is how Kirk gets right through this traffic. Yes. I mean, look at that narrow, narrow, tiny little hole right there. And he now it's like just, it's like Ezra Cleveland's like setting a basketball screen at this point. Dude, he's it looks like full him, sack, but, right? Like if I took yeah. a picture of this and I was like, he's going to throw the ball 20 yards down the field to Justin Jefferson, who's got a guy blanketed on him. Would you think you'd be like, dude, no way. Yeah. Look at that. But this is what people have been at myself included. It's like this is the type of thing that's it's a reasonable ask. Your offensive line is not going to be perfect. They're going to fight as much as they can. Sometimes you have to make your offensive line better by doing this. Right. This is how a quarterback makes his offensive line better. Because all of a sudden, he moves up three steps, right? And Ezra Cleveland is now in an advantageous position. Now he's got... Now he's he's essentially you know creating a screen for Cousins here. So to, and to be fair with you, all great quarterbacks should be able to do this. You should be able to sidestep a quick problem. Like it's yep. not always going to be. Look at that. Go back. That's he's a missile, by the way. Just he was literally <laughs> his arms around him before he had the ball in his hands. My goodness. This is yeah. no. An this is and when you and guy. it's funny how too like. It looks like such a mishmash back there with the old lineman. And then all of a sudden, the quarterback takes three steps up, and it looks like he's completely clean. And you're like, wow, that changed in such a quick second. It's amazing. For like, you know, next week too. But we have a, we have the failed fourth and one at the start of the game on that run play. We've got the Zadarius Smith twist on Goff. We've got a Kirk play action to JJ where I think he gets smoked. Dude, I kind of um, want to watch. I, I enjoy... I'm telling you, dude, he's going up in my book. This guy's going this. up in here my it is. book. All right, this is Vikings at like the, their own 37-yard line here. Oh, hey, look, they're in a three-by-one. Rare sighting. Cover one. Look at that. Wait, real quick. Go back. How many guys are in the box? Let's count two, here. Four, five. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, yeah. and then uh, four more hits. Nine. This guy's not in the box here, right? So it's nine in the box. Well, we talked about this. People are going to do this. Also, there's also two receivers very close to the line of scrimmage here too. So, right, but which could muddy it up. But at the same time, you should take this as a badge of honor. I mean, you should go out there and still smash the shit out of them, and it didn't. You know, this is this right here. Maybe this is a testament to they ran 17 times for 25 yards or something. Um, But just the threat of Dalvin, regardless of how well it's going is going to create opportunity in the passing game, right? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, one 
he needs to break one tackle 80 yards and all of a sudden the game's a different way, right? Like they just have this spark with him. So, number one. We'll run this and then we'll go uh, end zone. This route is so, just so dirty. Catch it. Look at all that free space. This, this poor kid got turned around. He's like, where are we going? Look oh at my this. goodness. Are we so going he's, to the he's in the slot shop? here, right? Yeah, dude, we're going somewhere, kiddo. Or is he outside? <laughs> Is he outside? No, oh, my outside. God. All right, look at this. So it breaks in like, oh, it's simple over route. But no, no, no. My dude, we had Dino Ooh, on our mind. We're going back Bring this way. Oh, back. God. Oh, God. Right? This guy's this guy like, oh, my God, I don't even know where he is anymore. There's five <laughs> yards of separation. Dude, this looks like so much. <laughs> oh, my God. I love this. I'm telling you, this is special. And then he gets another uh, another what twelve yards yak there too. I love how he just never runs out of bounds too. He just like he accepts the fact that people just want to hit him and he wants to hit. Them. I'm telling you, man, he. I'd love a receiver like this. All right, check me out here. We got a nice little. Technically, it's an even front, but we'll say it's an over. Okay, because you got a tight end on the right. You got your three technique to the right. Over, right. We got a little bit of a sup or safety down over here. Hmm. Okay. We'll run it here for you. There we go. These are always fun plays. Big plays. So we're going to obviously be gapping front side to 34, center and guard. Number one, left tackle. Dude, I'm going to say it. Where are you going? Where are you going? Don't tell me you're a backup. Those excuses don't work when the door closes. Did you not know this kid was number two in the draft? I would have set him inside out as hard as I could and been like, Dalvin, you better be there on the outside, my dude. Right? Why am I making this so hard on myself? Why am I running outside of this guy when I know it's clearly a fake and then a throw, right? Like, these are the things that get me. You're not paying attention. Now, Ezra tries to do a good good job of saving him. And I think Ezra kind of pre-read this because he should have sold a little bit harder in that gap, which may have stopped Aiden from coming in. But once he did, you could tell he was trying to be in good position. Dalvin does a great job of throwing a shoulder. You always have to throw a shoulder if you see a guy coming. Mm -hmm. That's not fair. But go back. Here we go. OTG. Uh-oh. OTG. Someone's paying me a fine. Here we go. Center. Snap me a good ball. Do it, Schlotman. we go nice get there get there love it see how he's kind of waiting waiting get there in good position stop stay there nope he gets thrown off because that ingram gets thrown off here's the problem with that ingram he's going to take this three technique right which is a great job he does a great job of closing with the linebacker and here's where sometimes guys in the gym don't understand me and i tell them there's times to be a lion and there's times to be a lamb okay this is a lamb moment. This is a big shot. I, in no way can I mess this up. I can't lose this block, right? Because my quarterback is standing right behind me specifically, and it's a home run shot. Look, Justin's right there. He hasn't even broken out yet, and my dude's already on the ground. That's a problem. That, that, you can't do that. You oversold this way too much. Like This is my thing. Guys, know when you can go out there and destroy a linebacker. If he's running through on a power, if he's running through on a zone, eat his damn face. I don't care. But if your quarterback's setting up 10 yards behind you on a home run shot and this guy runs through, just grab him. 
stop him and hold him. Okay. But when you don't, these guys are smart too. And they can tell when you're way out of position. I'm telling you, everybody has such a good feel for how everybody plays this game that the minute they feel you overcommit, they're going to pull some stupid spin move. This is a linebacker, God damn it. You serious? Get your ass off the ground because look what happens next. He's barreling down on Kirk. Take me back to... Look at this. You got uh, you got Hawkinson and Thielen over here. Hey, you know what? It was great to see Thielen back in the offense. I was excited for him. And then you come out here with this happy horse shit. <laughs> That's why we don't let receivers block people, man. We don't. We just, you know what? Stay outside. Run a fake smoke for all I care. But this is tough, especially because, number one, this is an unfair advantage. And we've heard this talked about many times. You should never let a tight end block a defensive end or a defensive tackle by themselves. That's an unfair advantage. And then you throw in a receiver over there who's not really going to be barreling his head in there too much. That's a tough thing to do. But this guy right there makes it all worth it. I'm telling you, his demeanor, his attitude – is everything you want in a skill player. Like the guy that'll catch anything, do anything, take any hit. It, it's when you're out there and these guys are performing, like you would know he had 100 yards and we were early in the game and you'd be like, this is going to be a great day. <laughs> we got to give it everything we got for this guy. We certainly don't need to be overselling blocks on linebackers and falling off on the ground and having our quarterback get demolished in the backfield. Like these are all things you just can't do. No. And we talked about it before. If you want to make your run, you better get it straight in December. And not the best way to start December, but you can get back on track and everything will be fine. Hats off to you, sir. That was some of your finest work right there. Oh, man. I, I want to keep going. Dude. I feel like there was 12 more I sent you. You know Great what? Stuff. We didn't break down the punt. And would you I'll, agree I'll that grab that the was punt the maybe point? for a future week. Do you agree um, that was? I actually thought, I actually thought the turning point was when the Vikings got stuffed on fourth and one on their first drive, and then the second play after that was the 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 forty yard home run shot to Jamison Williams. Yep. And the Lions went up. It was just like, oh, you had that play. We didn't we didn't get to look at it. That was the yeah. one. That was yeah. Man, I'm telling you, there was. You need to win the trenches, no matter what. And when you don't create pressure and you're giving up too much pressure, fastest way to losing game. It's up. And the fact that the Vikings were kind of still like hunting for the win at the end, despite getting mostly smoked in the trenches all day. Yeah. They don't have to be perfect in the trenches, but you, you gotta... certainly can't be like that. You can't take those hits repeatedly because mm-hmm. remember, and I'm not saying the Lions are a bad team because they are a good team. They're not the Lions from five years ago. They're a new team. They're trying to rebuild themselves and they're letting people know we are here to stay. We'll do whatever we got to do. But at some point, you got to go out there and you just got to go out and win the trenches. And that, to me, is the biggest heartbreak of this because it was like, man, I just kind of feel this is coming. You don't have Darisaw. Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this, but you don't have Bradbury. And all of a sudden, things are just looking way different. You know what I'm saying? And it's continuity and everything. You got to get back on track, though. You got to. Yeah. There you go. Trenches with Boone, man. Purple Daily. Breaking down the key plays every week. We got we got relevant December football. Going to have some relevant Dude. January football. And uh, I think maybe next week we bring back Booney dives into his uh, his practice notes. Let's bring that oh. segment back next week. Next week, let's do it. You, you want to pick what out? 
pick out a great page. I want the I want the Super Bowl preview notes. I want oh, the t- dude. ten years ago. I want the Super Bowl preview notes. Dude, look, we got there. They are. Look at that. Oh notebooks on notebooks, my dude. <laughs> That's so amazing. Fun. All right, we got to run. He's Alex Boone, Phil Mackey. Phil if Mackey. you could give a uh, if you could give a subscribe click and a like click on the YouTube video here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. And we'll see you guys uh, tomorrow on Purple Daily and next and, week on Trenches. And more stupid questions. More stupid questions. Okay. More film. We're soliciting your stupid questions. Stupid football questions. Bring them questions. in. More Professor Boone will answer you. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you guys here. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because the only thing I care about more than football is spicy pepperoni pizza for kickoff. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. Now that's a spicy offer. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19 2023 Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply.